Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collin. What up guys, this is Ethan Sarkis. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Welcome back to the WNBA Nation. We are excited to continue with our team previews. And uh, I'm joined tonight. This is uh, probably the first team preview that you're hearing and the next couple You'll notice that there's going to be three of us on. I'm joined tonight by my good friends, Steve and Logan. Guys, how are we feeling about team previews and the season starting literally just days away? Good. <laughs> okay. All right. That All was, right. Sweet. That was an, that, that was a great response. From <laughs> very good. That's, I, on, that's on me. I asked both of you no, at the same time no, and you guys were both probably being really nice and letting the other one go first. Yeah. I always feel like I jump in and then I feel like an idiot afterwards. And so I'm like, I'll totally just like, I like at the four way stop when you're like, it was a tie. I'm just going to wait as long as it takes. And the other person is like the only other good driver on the road. And you're like, Oh, I'm sorry. This is my bad. Uh, that's that's my bad. I should I should have said each one of you individually. Well, guys, we have a chance to uh, break down a few teams here. As uh, you listeners here will be um, discussing the next several teams uh, filling in your podcast feed, and we like to keep these pretty short and sweet. And we will obviously dive more into depth of the, the season as a whole with the full season preview here. Um, before we have our first game step off, that will be coming your way. Um, but we're going to go ahead and just hop right into things. You guys have heard the, our first three team previews and we're going to keep things going in the same order. And, and we're going to talk about the Seattle storm today. So last season, the Seattle Storm, they went 21 and 11, finished fourth place, uh, just one game behind the number three Minnesota Lynx. Um, they had a pretty decent overall record, you know, as, as Seattle is, has tended to do over the last several seasons. Seattle's obviously been a strong team for the last four or five years. And, uh, this last year was no different. They looked really strong, ended up heading into the playoffs with a bye week. Um, Steve, let's, let's kick it out with you. Did you feel like Seattle, uh, overperformed, underperformed, or performed right about where they should have last season? 
Um, it, well, I mean, if you if you look at it based off the start of the season, I would say they underperformed uh, when you factor not having Bree Stewart. Obviously, that changes things a little bit. But I think the biggest factor you would talk about, it's really obviously losing Bree was probably the biggest impetus to what ended up going down with the storm. Mm-hmm. But they had a really weird Twin Peaksian type run. They seemed more or less to cruise to a Commissioner's Cup title, and we didn't see the Commissioner's Cup champion Storm since that game, you would almost argue. They agree. They were very inconsistent, a little anemic. The offense seemed sluggish. It, things just seemed off uh, on a lot of bases. And I don't know if it's one of those things of – Fatigue, you obviously had a lot of Olympians on that roster. The the Storm have made many a long playoff run, and you maybe this was a case of these guys needed some rested legs. Uh but yeah, they I, I mean to to make this very long answer short, I think they clearly underperformed. They they should have been much more in the mix than they were. I'd agree with you on that. Um I think that Everybody was, was touting them as, you know, they're, they're, they're looking like the favorites heading into that, uh, commissioner's cup game against Connecticut. And they went into that game against Connecticut and it wasn't even close. Like from, from the, like literally the second quarter on, it felt like the game was just over. And I think maybe that's why so many people have felt maybe not as excited about the commissioner's cup because it was an absolute drubbing. Like it wasn't even a competitive game. And then. Those two teams had very different back half of their season where Connecticut absolutely went on a tear. And then Seattle, their next seven games, they lost five of their next seven. And so Seattle just really started to to slide a little bit there towards the end. So I'd agree they, they did tend to – I think they underperformed in that back half. Uh, Logan, speaking of the end of the Seattle season last – uh, this last season, they came in as the number four seed and had a chance to get that first round by. Um, talk to me about the Seattle Storm playoff uh, performance and, and your feelings on that. Well, judging by how the regular season ended, I was actually fairly impressed at how they conducted themselves in a playoff game against Phoenix, who obviously is a team they are familiar with, right? Like Seattle and Phoenix... They have showdowns every year. This is a game that went to overtime. Um, if if it's been too long and I need to set the stage for you here, this was a close game. Basically, the entire second half was back and forth. Went to overtime. Katie Lou Samuelson was the Storm's leading scorer with 18 points. Um, Bree, obviously not in the picture. She The, the Storm kind of started tapering off before the Stewart injury, which I think is important to remember. Um, Stewart was doing a lot. She was like the leading points getter and rebounder like five straight games for that team before she got hurt. And they weren't winning those games. Um, I don't even, I don't even realize that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She, I mean, they they were basically a 500 team the back half of the season. I think the inconsist, the rockiness of their production, I don't want to say directly as was the cause of Bree's injury, but Mm. in a way, because she had to carry, she had to carry quite a load to try and maintain their team's efficiency. And you could tell that it, it really, you know, Go mid part of that season, obviously, up until she fully officially got hurt, there wasn't a ton of injuries on their end. But you could easily tell Seattle was banged up in a lot of ways. 
It, yeah, it, right. Just a lot of miles had been ridden. And so you almost wonder if that early out getting a full off season to try and rest, rest yourself a little bit can play huge dividends for, for this team because yeah. it's just, you know, I, I, I don't want to make the male comparison again, but it won't be to the MNBA. It will be in a major league baseball. We're watching what a fully rested and healthy Clayton Kershaw can do again. Uh, mm. and I, I feel like Bree and, and, and Stu, Stewie, that they're the same people. Uh, can you tell I'm tired? <laughs> uh, what Stewie, what Sue and Stewie can potentially do having a little bit extra mileage under their legs. It's, that's what makes this case curious for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that some of their off season moves. I question, I'm, there's just so much going on with this team that's like, it looks like it has potential to click, but it also looks like, you know, I don't even know. Uh, but I, Logan's point was very succinct. It, 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 to, to call the end of their season on how Stewie went out doesn't tell the story. They very much were on the downturn almost from the moment they raised that Rose Gold trophy and suddenly they just didn't look like the, the team that we were expecting them to. Yeah. And and to to kind of complete that thought on that Phoenix game, they did. I, I think there's another element of this that's important to remember. Um, Stewie, she was putting up like 20 and 12 and 18 and 16 and 33 and 8 type performances. She got injured. Some other t- players kind of stepped up in her absence. The last game of the regular season was that Phoenix game where Jewel Lloyd stepped up and went for 37. Yeah, and, that was and an at that awesome point game. we knew. It, I mean, it was awesome, but we knew like that's going to be the playoff matchup. Is Lloyd going to be able to get loose again? Is she going to be the player that puts Seattle over the top? And then in the playoff game, it was Brittany Griner who showed up and was, remember like the back half of last season, Griner was playing like MVP ball. Griner went 23 and 16. She was the player of the game. Diana Tarazi had a bunch of points in overtime, obviously, because that's her thing. Um, but yeah, Phoenix, uh, I think Phoenix obviously was the better team in the postseason last year. But even if you look at like July onward, uh, I think Seattle was actually like sneakily average. Um, and so it wasn't a surprise to see their early exit from the playoffs. Hopefully, I, I know there was just a Kevin Pelton article not too long ago that Stewie's kind of easing her way back after a surgery in the offseason. Hopefully we get a full go of the big three in Seattle this year. Otherwise, they might be one of the teams that's maybe, you know, the other three play, uh, previews we've done so far, we've talked about like one of these really good teams is going to be on the outside looking in because not everyone could be home court advantage in the playoffs when there's you know six really good teams. I think Seattle might actually be in danger of being that team if, if they're not all there and healthy. Right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think a big portion of that is going to come down to um, getting Coach Quinn a full off season to work with this team. Um, obviously, uh, Dan Hughes kind of stepping down and, and, and Coach Quinn taking over f- basically full time since pretty early on in that season back. I it was, I think, end of May, beginning of, of mm-hmm. June that she, that she took off or took over. And she immediately signed a, a multi-year extension uh, about partway through the uh, partway through the season. You know the, the team was looking good, and then the team did struggle towards the end. Having a full off season with Noel Quinn, um, and then just the rest of the the rest of that coaching staff is is now Pokey Chapman, Ebony Hoffman, and Perry Huang. Um, having a full off season under a full new 
staff. I wonder if that's gonna if that's gonna really be able to move the needle as much as the Seattle Storm kind of need it to move the needle um, after a pretty anemic second half of the season. Um, Steve, I'm curious as far as your thoughts. Um, we've kind of had a, an eye as a show on that Seattle Storm, uh, you know, head coaching carousel that's gone through with Kloppenberg, Hughes, and now Quinn over just the last few years. Um, I'm curious, what do you think about uh, this coaching staff being able to take this team and and uh, keep them competitive in 2022? Well, honestly, I think um, Hughes, Coach Hughes, I think. Obviously, a paramount part of his final decision was was health related. Obviously, right, that's right, important. But I wouldn't be shocked if he also understood what the tide was looking like, and in his head, he's going, "If if Noel is where we're going with this team, let's give her some miles, and then let's give her just like you said, let's get a full off season. Let's not start the end the the off season with me in tow, and then maybe I retire, and then they have to take time for search. Let's let her hit the ground running as soon as the season ends." get her staff, get herself going, get her confident. I think if there's one thing that I've noticed from even just interviews with Coach Quinn, she seems very confident in what she's putting right. together. Uh, for someone at her tenure, uh, it's it's encouraging to see a level of confidence. I'll say looking at the staff, I, I have been the most critical of Coach Chapman of anyone. Um, her, right. her tenure at Indiana, how things ended at LSU – this is about as perfect of a situation for her as it stands right now, because I think her experience speaks for itself. She's a great position on position coach. She knows how to coach up um, stars, especially bigs pretty well. I'd like her ability to, to bring a, uh, some of these quality players up. I also really like that, that you could tell Seattle's testing out a lot of their bigs. They're really trying to figure out what the secret sauce is. With their front court, I think, you know, drafting Kanane was a big part of that. Obviously, you've got the Magmagore Mercedes Russell mix. How's that going to look? And I think Pokey's a, a really good fit to, to focus in on that. And then allowing, obviously, you know, being someone that could be a good voice for someone like Noel Quinn to do their job. So I honestly really like the crew that Coach Quinn put together. I think it, it's very well, it's balanced, it's smart. There's good energy there. The team seems to be extremely behind it. Um, you know, I, I get pretty good marks for what they put together so far. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think that they've done a really solid job. I think the off season, a lot of people, um, want to focus on some of the, the players that they lost. Um, obviously Jordan Canada, Katie Lou Samuelson are some of those that moved on and, and are no longer there. Um, but they did for all of the question marks surrounding Jewel Lloyd. Uh, and Bree Stewart, as far as making sure they came back, they did get them signed on. Now, Jules for two years and Bree's only for one, but we're talking 22, 2022 season right now. And so it's all, yeah. it's all good. It's all gravy. So I think that, uh, perspective is what's huge here is there are people who are going to look at losing Katie Lou, Jordan Canada and company. There, there were people saying like Bree to New York was a done deal. There were people saying, could Stewie finish in Phoenix? There were people, you know, Jewel Lloyd was definitely headed to LA. Chicago? LA, or Chicago. LA, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just, it felt like, oh, the, the blow up of the storm is happening. And, uh, they didn't lose their core three. And that's a pretty big deal. I think that's going to stand to make a bigger difference than people might realize. And, 
um, speaks pretty heavily. And obviously, like, I was surprised at some of those changes, and w- we could talk to them a little bit more efficiently here. And some of those moves may have played really well in their favor because, you know, I know she's had a year off. I know there was a lot of controversy, but I, I like the pickup of Gabby Williams a little bit. Like I yeah. like the fit of Gabby a little bit more than I like Jordan. I, I think knowing that they had picked up some talented guards, like in Avina Westbrook, like Jenna Giacconi, Um, I mean, we'll see who gets signed and who gets waived out of that draft class. Cause I think they still have an official, roster listing of like 18. So a lot of these players <laughs> could still end up there. Um, and I really like one of my favorite signings of this entire off season is Brian January. Yes. Um, thank you. I think that was such yeah. a downplayed signing across the league. Everybody else was talking about all these other signings. January is to Seattle was huge. huge. I, I love Big it. Time. Sorry. I cut you off, but I love no, it. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of it. I love the leadership there. Obviously she, she still produces extremely well. Also, I just always get warm fuzzies anytime a player, uh, gets a contract who's older than me still. Cause that's, <laughs> that's starting to come to a close. <laughs> that always quickly. feels good. Yeah. So seeing, <laughs> seeing that 1987 date of birth on, on the roster is just a good coming. But like brand January, gentle lavender. I, I they, they added, a lot of young potential. It looks like they have a lot of pieces they could be, they could put together and figure out what the future is going to look like for them. But I like some of the veteran leadership they added as well. But what I like, especially with January, is to me it goes beyond veteran leadership. She's going to produce on the court, and and I'm excited to see what she contributes there. So, you know, that's a part of why Seattle's a crapshoot. It's hard to tell if these changes make a difference. It's hard to tell if. Uh, their their stars are going to be rested enough, but you can say one thing about the storm you've always been able to say, and that's that it's not going to be boring. That's true. <laughs> that's 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 one hundred percent true. Logan, you and I uh, have had a lot of talks, both on mic and off mic, about the uh, insane amount of parity toward the top of the league, kind of the top half of the league. The league almost feels split. Um, but I'm curious for you, do you look at this current Seattle Storm roster and coaching staff and would you label them as a contender this season? Uh, and if so, um, maybe give us like a range of where you see them finishing. Yeah, this is, uh, maybe the team with one of the widest ranges of ceiling and floor in the league this year. Um, which might be surprising if you're a, if you're a fan of the last five years because Seattle's just always in the mix. Um, are they a contender in, in the sense that they're a threat to win it all? Sure. I think if you have a healthy Bree Stewart and a Jewel Lloyd and Sue Bird core, you're always a threat to win it. Are they going to be a favorite? No, I don't think so. Um, so they, I, I think they'll definitely have a chance to threaten a deep playoff run. I also think they have a floor that sees them miss the playoffs. Um, I, and I, I've thought a lot about that. I don't, I'm not just trying to be shocking, but, if if Stewie decides instead of trying to make a comeback this year, she wants to take it easy and not jeopardize a future contract because she is on a one year deal. Uh, if Sue Bird looks ready to retire, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But if there's even a you know five to ten percent chance of two of their big three kind of taking a, a major step back this year, the the margin for error at the top of the league is so thin. I mean, they, this is a, a storm team that felt dominant for stretches last year. They finished fourth. Uh, it doesn't take a lot for teams like Dallas and maybe New York to kind of leapfrog you if you don't have your full roster out there and maybe your mind is elsewhere. So 
what I think is probably going to happen is Stewie's going to go out, treat it like a contract year, play hard, get the Seattle team into the playoffs and try to do some damage. But I do think there's a little bit of a chance that it's kind of a lost year for the Storm if they start off poorly, if players aren't healthy, if it's obvious that like Bird isn't going to be active for every game. Um, if they make some moves to to try and basically plan for the future instead of staying in win now mode, which it, it feels like they're in win now mode, but maybe you know if the first half of the season goes badly, maybe they'll pack it in. I don't know. Um, that I, I'm talking about a slim chance of that happening here, but because there is a chance, and I don't see that for the other three teams we've previewed so far, um, I would say their floor is as low as like the nine. Oh wow! Okay. Um, all right, Steve, I want to hear from you. What range do you see them uh, finishing? Are they a contender in your mind? Oh, the, the thing is, it's hard because the win now mode thing is interesting because I think you kind of have to be when you're still only 19 months separated from a title, uh, which they are because of how late they they pulled in 2020. but. It's a very difficult mix because we've talked a lot about the big three. What I'm having a hard time with is figuring out, okay, then who's the fourth as I look at this roster? You can't put a defined finger on it because it could be Mercedes Russell. And some days it could be easy MacBagore and it it could be Epiphany Prince. It's hard to exactly yeah. tell. Kiki Herbert Harrigan might be you, it for you all never we know. know. Yeah. <laughs> you honestly don't know. And that's where I look at this roster and it makes it difficult to figure out how is this uh, going to balance itself out. What Logan did is kind of what I did too, is I, I looked at the, uh, you know, throughout the rest of this roster and looking at teams that I would expect to make some pretty hefty moves. Um, Seattle over the last two to three you could even argue four seasons have been in that top three mix. There's always kind of been the two contenders and also the storm as a contender as well. Um, the sun and the aces have put their voice in. Obviously the sky and the mercury most definitely did getting to the finals. And then the links are in there. And I just feel like they're in a situation. The best way I can put it is the common saying is if you're not rowing hard enough forward, you're going to find yourself drifting back. That's kind of how Seattle feels. I don't know if there's enough momentum to really propel them forward. And I could see them dropping. My guess is in the seven, eight range. I don't think Logan's off playoff, like out of the playoff run take is insanely wild. I think that there's, you know, what Logan said is perfect. I think a couple Things shift here and there with that roster, injuries, uh, you know, load management, anything of that nature. And you could start to see them drift. But at the same time, I also can see the storm easily. Like if they're if they're in that three team block to try and get an eight or seven seed, I could easily see them locking it down at that point. And then the new playoff structure plays into their power because if you have Bree Stewart playing at full bore over a playoff series from round one, then that helps out. But right. the short answer is I don't see it. As far as contendership, I don't necessarily see it. Gotcha. I would, uh, I, I man, I have a lot of similar thoughts as, as you guys. I think that Seattle, I would say, do they have uh odd, you know, are, are they my favorite to win it? Not 
not even close, but do I think they have a shot? I think they're in the top six of the league, <laughs> which that's what Chicago needed last season. That's what Phoenix needed last season to get into the finals. So you never know. Maybe they are the Chicago sky of 2022. Um, and maybe they'll prove all of us wrong and they'll just completely wax everybody and end up being the number one seed. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I think. I tend to see them right about where they finished this last year, probably in that three to five range, um, maybe down as far as six. But I think you guys are absolutely right because the team lacks depth. If you take a Stewie injury, a Jewel Lloyd injury, uh, Sue Bird, uh, you know, not playing at full strength, this team immediately starts to lose ground quickly to the you know, the Dallas wings, the mystics, the sparks, like some of these other teams that, that have good teams that really underperformed last year. So, um, yeah, I'd be interested to see that finish. Any last Mm -hmm. thoughts from any of you, from either of you guys, uh, as we wrap up our, our talk on Seattle, anything we didn't touch on that we got to make sure we hit. Uh, they've got a dope home venue. They, a really dope marketing campaign. I mean, they're, they're doing everything they can to look like the real deal. That's great. Yeah, and the it's good that they're doing that now because the like there's not a zero percent chance that Stewie like comes back to Seattle and ends up being a lifer, but it certainly feels like next summer is going to be the Stewie sweepstakes, um, along with several other key free agents. And I think they're trying to get ahead of that now by getting people yeah. energized about I, you know new venue, new looks, good new jerseys, and all that. And I the team might look very different. Next and year. I think it's right. important to get out even out in the open right now. Uh, that I don't want to hear any negativity about that at all. Because if you're if you're Brie freaking Stewart, if you're pound for pound the best player on the planet, why wouldn't you do that? Right. Why wouldn't you? So I'm actually excited about that. But I I agree. I think it's a I think it's a good setup. I I, I Seattle's really trying to carry themselves as as a as a mainstay player, and you know if you. The, you know, Bree Stewart, Jewel Lloyd, and three and Subert are three players who I look at and I go, they're the last three players I would say no to. Like, who I would right. say they can't do it. And I, I'm interested to see what they're using as that motivator. So seeing those intrinsic things is good, but good stuff. Love it. All right. Well, that's what we've got for the Seattle Storm. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we will have another team preview with you, uh, for you here shortly. Uh, make sure that you're checking us out on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. You can check out our uh, website as well, WNBANation.com. You can find our merch store, our blog, everything else there. Um, and you can hit us up on TikTok at, on TikTok as well, uh, at WNBA Nation Pod. Uh, you can connect with us any of those places. But for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time. I'll see if you like that you told me.